Tis the season of trade rumors, smoke screens, and posturing in the NBA. And the Philadelphia 76ers are doing just that. Posturing, I mean, when it comes to their latest report with what they want to do with Ben Simmons. Not only have they upped their asking price from the Sacramento Kings for Simmons, now reportedly they are interested or even prefer the idea of holding on to Simmons and trying to make a big move this upcoming offseason. We'll talk our way through some of that BS and what they're asking for from the Sacramento Kings. Plus, as Monty McNair waits to make this big move to give the Kings a push for the playoffs, that window could be getting smaller and smaller. Would it be in the Kings' best interests now to turn their attention towards the draft and the future and give up on what could be and probably is at this point a playoff pipe dream. We'll discuss it all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Media member for the last seven years, formerly uh, doing sports talk radio, and now with ABC 10 News and Television. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, and I love this time of the year. I love trade deadline time. I especially love it this year with how the Kings are at the center of everything when there's so many rumors swirling around Sacramento, what they're going to do, them being big players in in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes or maybe the DeMontis Sabonis sweepstakes or looking to uh, make a big splash and be one of the teams to make a blockbuster move at the trade deadline. It's certainly more exciting for me uh, from a sports talk and podcast standpoint, and it's more exciting for fans. But at the same time, this has been an extremely disappointing, underwhelming, and for many of us, exhausting season from the Sacramento Kings perspective with our hopes and aspirations and goals of making the playoffs through the play and not making the plan, but making the playoffs through the plan. Important distinction there that that might not be the right path for the Sacramento Kings after all. And a swing for the fences move at the deadline that I've been calling for, that I've been asking for, and I'm still very interested in may end up being the wrong move. We're going to get to that more later on in the podcast. We have to start with the latest news reports and bit of posturing coming from Daryl Morey in the Philadelphia 76ers. Morey is the general manager uh, or is in control of the Sixers. He, of course, uh, was the longtime mentor who um, Monty McNair, Kings general manager, served under uh, in Houston. And Morey has been consistent, really, since we found out that Ben Simmons was available and Ben was refusing to play for the 76ers and return for the Sixers. Uh, Maury has been very stiff on his asking prices. His price is almost absurdly high uh, most of the time. However, I give Maury credit because he knows that over the course of an NBA season, a lot of things can change. And in the case of the Sacramento Kings, when we were rolling our eyes and scoffing at the idea of the Kings trading De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton for Simmons, now at this point in time, 
maybe the Kings are a little more willing to have that conversation, especially in regards to De'Aaron Fox. So Maury might end up getting his wish and having things pay uh, pan out for him. But I don't think he's going to get the wish that we heard in the or read in the most recent report from both Shams and Sam Amick of The Athletic. First, the Kings-specific part of this report. The 76ers have, I believe, upped their asking price or at least made it a little more clear what they've asked or requested from the Sacramento Kings in a Ben Simmons trade. They've named Tyrese Halliburton and multiple first-round picks as what they would want in return uh, for Simmons. And like I said, to me, that is upping the price from De'Aaron Fox even and multiple first-round picks. Now, I'm not saying here at all that De'Aaron Fox is a worse player than Tyrese Halliburton, but I do believe based off of the contractual control of Halliburton, his importance to the Sacramento Kings, that asking for Halliburton at this point in time is asking for a little bit more, maybe just marginal, but a little bit more than asking for Fox. And I think the Kings would be more hesitant to move on from Tyrese Halliburton than they would De'Aaron Fox. Now, this report doesn't mention how many first round picks, if they'd have protections or not, or anything like that. Asking for Halliburton and multiple firsts is an extremely high price for Ben Simmons. Extremely high. Not to mention, when you look at the salaries, Ben Simmons makes $33 million. Tyrese Halliburton makes $4 million. So obviously the Kings can't absorb all that salary. That swap is not going to work. The Kings have to include another big contract in there more than likely that contract would be Buddy Heald. I could also throw Harrison Barnes in there, but Harrison to the Kings, and at least to me, carries significantly more value than Buddy Heald has in trade scenarios. So if you're trading both Tyrese Halliburton and Harrison Barnes and multiple first round picks, Ben Simmons is not enough to get back. Now, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald in first round picks, it's better than Harrison Barnes. It's still a ridiculous amount for just getting uh, Ben Simmons back. And in addition to that, the money still doesn't work. Even if you add Buddy Heald to that package, the Kings are still $6 million short of matching Simmons' salary. So that's where probably a third team comes in or the Kings try and make this a, a multiplayer deal. And they, they bring back Simmons plus another low cost player from the 76ers and have to trade three players uh, to Philadelphia in order to make that work. All in all, I think this is a ridiculous asking price. If I'm the Kings and I see this, I, I laugh and I say, no, thank you. Uh, there's no way that, that I think the Kings should pull the trigger on this and, and trade Tyrese plus multiple firsts for Ben Simmons. There'd be massive question marks about how De'Aaron Fox and Ben Simmons would fit together. I do think the Kings would be a better defensive team, but you still have the problem of now having two guys on the floor together, two primary ball handlers on the floor together who struggle to shoot the basketball, both who may their money really around the rim and tacking the basket and in mid range and you lose easily your best playmaker uh and are, are one of your best defenders in the process one of your best shooters in the process so this deal i don't think has any chance of happening i think it's a ridiculous asking price uh if true from the 76ers um and i i without any having any sources of my own feel pretty confident in saying that the Kings would uh, would say no to that deal um, pretty quickly. Now, De'Aaron Fox in that deal with multiple firsts, that's potentially a different story, which I'm sure is going to be discussed between both teams and is going to be brought up more between now 
uh, and the trade deadline or a deal for Simmons uh, ends up being done. But one thing I'm more than ready to call BS on and roll my eyes at was the other major part of this report that now Daryl Morey and the 76ers are okay, open, and even prefer the idea of waiting until the offseason to deal Ben Simmons in a James Harden-related trade. Now, the one thing from this that I buy is that the 76ers would prefer to have James Harden in Philly with Joel Embiid than any other of these names that are potentially available for them to get. Certainly anybody that the Kings uh, could, could offer in a kind of trade. But we know that James Harden, or at least it's been reported that James Harden chose the Brooklyn Nets over the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, and waiting until the deadline, or I'm sorry, waiting until the offseason to trade Ben Simmons means basically wasting an MVP caliber year from Joel Embiid for a 76ers team that is not far away from being legitimate playoff contenders. I would argue, or not playoff, excuse me, championship contenders. Of course, they're a playoff team. I wouldn't argue that the 76ers are the best chance the Eastern Conference has of getting a team not named the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. I think the 76ers are that team. And I think the 76ers, with the addition of a good player or two, maybe even an addition of De'Aaron Fox, they are a championship team. Why would you waste that window that you have, the opportunity that you have, and a phenomenal year that you're getting out of Joel Embiid to hold on to a piece that is literally just not even sitting on your bench. He refuses to sit on your bench. He refuses to show up. A guy that's just sitting on your roster, even if he's not eating the money, he's eating the cap space, he's wasting your time. And you'd be wasting your own time by trying to play the long game here. What this is to me is clear posturing. Maybe Daryl Morey's not getting the package that he wants for Simmons. So now he says, oh, well, we'll just, we're, we're going to be happy to hold on to the guy and wait till the offseason. You know what? That's actually a better move for us. C- trying to influence a team like Sacramento who has interest in Simmons, who's maybe relying on getting a Simmons deal done to, to panic and go, oh, wait, no, that can't be a possibility. Here, we'll give you what you want. Fine. It's, it's really easy to see through that nonsense. I don't believe that report. I do believe that that is a rumor being floated out there, probably from Maury or for some from somebody in, in, uh, involved with the 76ers organization. But I don't believe for one single second that the 76ers prefer to wait to dish Ben Simmons with a false hope of landing James Harden or a foolish hope of landing James Harden this offseason compared to going for it when they have a great chance right now and getting an asset that can help them win a championship for Ben Simmons at this deadline. So I, I'm 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 calling BS. I'm seeing through uh, that smoke pretty easily. Now, there is also some posturing going on from the Sacramento Kings too. The recent report from Shams that the Kings are committed to building around De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not saying that that is a lie. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing by any means for the Sacramento Kings. What I am saying is that kind of serves two things here. On one case, if 
there are teams that are interested in De'Aaron Fox. The Kings could be doing the exact same thing that Morrill's trying to do, or Maury, excuse me, is trying to do with Philadelphia. Oh, you want De'Aaron? Well, we're, you know what? We're happy to keep him. So you're going to have to up your asking price if you really want to get him. That's, that's one thing that that could potentially do. Number two, if the Kings do try and shop De'Aaron and a trade falls apart, and we've seen it happen twice already for Monty McNair, right? And De'Aaron returns to the Sacramento Kings. It's a whole lot easier to say, see, I mean, we said all along that our goal was to keep you and we're committed to you here versus, oh, hey, superstar that we owe all this money who we say we're committed to uh, and, and just try to trade. Hey, yeah, this is kind of awkward. Uh, welcome back. Like it, it, The Kings are covering their bases a little bit here in case they aren't able to move De'Aaron Fox for the piece that they want. It's not as egregious of posturing in my mind as what Daryl Morey's doing in Philadelphia, but you can see where McNair is, is picked up a thing or two uh, in his time working with Morey. But McNair is the guy here in Sacramento and McNair has a major decision to make. And while we all believe that the Kings are going to be making that push for the playoffs, it could be getting close. I won't say we're there, but it could be getting close to too little too late at this point. And all in all, that might not be the right smart move for the Kings to make. I'll go into that in more detail right after I tell you about Truebill. Truebill is a phenomenal app that you need to have right now. If you don't know why free trials are new without your consent, it's because it's it's a business scam. They're trying to get your money out of you without you even knowing. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. All you do is link your accounts to Truebill. They'll cancel all your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. It is that easy. Truebill has over 2 million users, has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're still working on those New Year's resolutions, good for you. And maybe those New Year's resolutions include eating healthier, uh, putting on some muscle weight at the gym, losing weight. Regardless, Built Bar can help you with that New Year resolution because these are protein bars that taste like candy bars. So they are the best of both sides. You can get rid of the horrible uh, candy bars that you are eating that might taste delicious, but are on average 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And you can replace them with bars that taste just as good, if not better, are good for you. On average, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Plus, it comes in a variety of great flavors, so you really won't get bored with them. And right now, you can even save money starting your built 
Built Bar journey. If you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your order. I highly encourage you to order a mixed box. They'll send you a bunch of different flavors for you to try. Then when you find the flavors that you love, like my favorite, for example, is mint brownie. Uh, I then go on to Built.com. I can order my own custom boxes, make sure I have plenty of, of mint brownie bars, coconut almond bars, which are one of my wife's fa- uh, favorites. They have hearty chocolate bars. They have fruity bars. There are so many uh, for you to try, and I think you will enjoy. Again, that's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. The NBA trade deadline on February 10th is 17 days away, and the Sacramento Kings, in those 17 days, have nine games still to play. Six of those games are against teams that are 500 or better. And another couple of them are are teams that are just a game or two under 500. So the Kings aren't going to be favorites in most of these nine games that they have before the deadline itself. And why do I bring that up? Because the Kings are in the midst of a tough five-game road trip. Their next game against the Boston Celtics, who have been struggling. They're currently on a three-game losing streak, which I believe is their fifth three-game losing streak of the season already. It could even be more than that. This team has been disappointing, and even with the West being as bad as it's been, the Kings are finding themselves sliding out of the play-in picture. Not just the playoff picture, they're well out of the playoff picture in my mind, but they're out of the play-in picture by three games at this point, three games back of the Portland Trailblazers in the 10th and final play-in spot. Now, the Kings have already been leapfrogged by the... Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, who are now in the 11th spot. The Kings are down in 12th, but the Pelicans are only half a game above the Kings. But regardless, the Kings are moving in the wrong direction if their hopes are truly to make the playoffs. And that direction, that slide can continue easily looking at this upcoming schedule before February 10th. I've spoken recently with both Damian Barling from D'Lo and KC, ESPN 1320 radio show here in Sacramento. And I just on my most recent podcast talked with Brendan Nunez, host of the Lockdown, or rather the host of the King's Pulse podcast. And we discussed whether or not McNair is running out of time. And I'm not talking about him keeping his job. I'm talking about him accomplishing this goal and putting the Kings in the best position to actually make the playoffs by making a big splash move at this trade deadline. That's something that I've been asking for all season long, and it still might be the right move. However, it's the right move sooner rather than later. If the Kings wait until February 10th to make one of those big moves, by February 10th, they could be five, six games out of the play-in spot. Which is that means that's a deep hole for them to climb out of just to secure the 10th final seed, having to win back to back road games, single elimination games to then put yourself in the legitimate playoffs themselves. That is a steep mountain for this Kings team to climb, even if they do add a player of Ben Simmons' talent at this trade deadline. But of course, if the Kings are adding a, a player of that talent, they're more than likely giving up significant talent to make that happen. If the Kings are going to improve, it's far more likely that they make marginal improvements this at this trade deadline than they make a major improvement. Now, of course, it's possible, but the likelihood is pretty low. So if Monty McNair really, truly wants to make that swing for the fences push, he needs to make it pretty much now. 
And then you look at where the Kings are in terms of this upcoming draft. And you might roll your eyes at this. I'm exhausted of talking about the draft every single year. I want to preface this by saying in no way is Monty McNair and the Kings switching gears to a draft focus forgiveness for how bad they've been this year and forgiveness of them not reaching their ultimate goal, which is making the playoffs. But when the season plays out, paths might change. And the Kings right now find themselves with the best odds at the seventh overall pick, but they are or they currently have a 31.9% chance at a top three pick. If the draft lottery were today, they'd have a 31.9% chance at the top three pick and a 7.5% chance at number one overall. Of course, you would love to have higher odds than that. And the Kings are not that far ahead, technically, of the teams in that top five range. Only a few games ahead of them. It's very possible for Sacramento to end up in that top five range, especially if they continue with what they're doing. Hell, if if McNair were to not make any moves to this trade deadline, which I think there's like a a 5% chance of that happening, the Kings are going to make some sort of moves, whether it's a move for the future or move for the right now, the Kings are going to make some sort of moves at the trade deadline. But if the Kings were to stay put, that might as well be a form of tanking with how bad this team has been playing together, at least recently. The question is, when you look at those odds right now, at a 31.9% chance at a top three pick, a 7.5% chance at number one overall, are those better odds than the Kings making the playoffs? Not the play-in, the playoffs, because that is the goal. Because in reality, making the play-in and losing, let's say the Kings make the 10th seed, and we'll even give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they beat the ninth seed in the first game, but lose to the eighth or seventh seed in the second game, ultimately miss out on making the playoffs. That is a disguised way of the Kings remaining in the same spot that they've been in far too many times over the course of this playoff drought, which is NBA purgatory. Once again, not good enough to make the playoffs and not bad enough to secure a top pick that could really be a game changer for this organization and for this franchise. Making the play-in and losing is just another form of NBA purgatory. So, do the Kings have better odds, 31.9% chance at a top three and 7.5% chance at number one overall right now of a top pick than they do of making the playoffs? I'd say, yeah, (laughs) I think it's actually pretty damn close. If I were to say the Kings have a 7.5% chance of making the playoffs, does that seem high, low, or just right for you? Let me know. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com, or leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. Could Monty McNair be making the right decision if he changes his approach to this trade deadline? If he says... I am truly, like the report said, going to commit to building around De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. I am committing to those two. We're sticking with those two going forward. I am going to use Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, um, Rashawn Holmes. I'm going to use those pieces to try and go out and make smart 
moves to either add trade asset or rather draft assets or young slash role pieces that can come in and fit well with the Kings. We know Monty McNair is an analytics guy. So analytical fit pieces with this team going forward. Would that be a better path for the Sacramento Kings? And another question, would Monty McNair survive that path? Even if it is the right decision, if McNair misses the playoffs, will he lose his job? I don't think he should at all. I think it would be absurd, absurd for the Sacramento Kings to fire Monty McNair at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. I would 100,000 million percent McNair, if he decides and recognizes that the playoffs are really out of reach, that the best move for this team going forward is to trade the pieces that they have now that they know aren't working for pieces that could work tomorrow and put this team in a position to get a good draft pick. If he recognizes that that is the right path and he's able to pull that off through making smart moves at this trade deadline, even if the Kings miss the playoffs, he should keep his job. I would prefer that a thousand million percent, like I said, over out of fear of losing his job, he force a terrible trade. Now, like I said, all season long, I've been calling for the Kings to make a swing for the fences move, but there's a difference between a stupid swing for the fences move and a smart swing for the fences move that makes sense. There's always going to be risk no matter what, but we're talking about a 50, 50 risk versus like a 20, 80% risk. 20% it works, 80% it completely falls apart. That's where you're talking like trading away multiple firsts and a talent like Fox or Halliburton for a great player today that might help you sell tickets and give you a little bit a better chance at making the play in. But in two years, that player is walking. So essentially you mortgaged your future for a rental who you're pretty confident is not going to return to Sacramento. That's a dumb swing for the fences move that I'm afraid Monty could make if he fears losing his job if the Kings don't make the playoffs. It also all ties into this upcoming head coaching coaching search. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more before we wrap up today's podcast. Before I tell you about that, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our push towards the trade deadline, the playoffs, and beyond here in the NBA. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. If you're a big NFL gambler with the playoffs going on right now, the road to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl itself, there is no place better than BetOnline to bet on all that NFL action. It's a new year. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. The way that works, you deposit $100, use promo code locked on, very clear place to put it, you get $50 free. If you put in $200, you get $100 free. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports from football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for all of 2022 at Bet Online, where the game starts. The only way that I would be okay. Actually, there's two ways that I would be okay with the Kings uh, moving on and firing Monty McNair this offseason. Number one is if McNair does nothing at this trade deadline or tries to do something and like these past two trades that have fallen apart, he fails again. I'm okay because that's a failure on his part, a colossal failure. Um, that's grounds for being fired, in my opinion. 
That's number one. Number two is if the Kings don't see a long-term future with McNair. If the writing is on the wall and they would rather do it all again, bring in a new general manager who is going to make his head coach hiring and then you get a group that's on the same page working together. Like the last thing that these Kings can do is say, Monty, we're giving you one more chance, but we're going to let you hire the next head coach. Let's say they give that head coach a three-year deal. Who cares who it is? Doug Christie, Kenny Atkinson, Terry Stotts, whoever. Let's say they give him a three to four-year deal, which is pretty average. If the Kings end up moving on from McNair, we're right back in the same position again where the Kings have a, a head coach under multiple years of contract with a general manager who didn't hire. That would be disaster for the Kings. But regardless, if McNair fails and they move on from him, if they decide to move on from him to bring in another guy to hire his own head coach, no matter what, if the Kings fire Monty McNair, it looks worse on the Kings' uh, ownership over anything else because once again, they failed after their extensive general manager search in which they brought in Monty McNair, who comes from this school of analytics, the guy that Vivek Ranadive wanted coming from the Daryl Morey system. You fire him after two seasons and really an off season and a half. Like you don't get excused from that. Just like you don't get excused from Luke Walton not working out. All the spotlight, once again, falls on this ownership group, which is why I think the push for the playoffs is as strong as it is. And like we talked about in the last segment, that might not be the right decision at this point. But I want to hear from you. Do you think swinging for the fences, going for the playoffs, is still the path forward? Or do you think the Kings should turn their sights towards this upcoming draft, use this trade deadline to retool and try and put themselves in a position to be like a Memphis Grizzlies next season? Not necessarily getting the sexiest of names, but solid players that could fit in a Fox and Halliburton-led core. Let me know. I'm at George Sack on Twitter. Email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. And you can leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Like I said on yesterday's podcast, I'm very excited for Wednesday's episode of Locked on Kings. I'm going to be joined by Sam Amick of The Athletic. Of course, he's been partnering with Shams for a lot of these reports uh, in regards to Ben Simmons and the Sacramento Kings. So he'll be able to share a lot of insight on that. I'm also going to ask him and talk to him a little about a bit about if he has any idea of uh, Monty McNair's job is potentially on the line here in Sacramento. So I cannot wait for that conversation. It's going to be must listen. So I hope you will join me for that. Speaking of must listen, uh, Locked on NBA is doing a trade deadline show on trade deadline day itself from uh, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock uh, here Pacific time. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, It'll take you through everything that happens at the trade deadline. If anything happens with the Sacramento Kings, I'll appear on that show. Uh, So from a national perspective, it's going to be a great show. It was phenomenal last year. I hope you will be a part of that. And of course, I hope you will continue to listen to the Locked on Kings podcast, no matter what happens. Kings make a trade. Kings don't. Kings continue to lose. Regardless, Locked on Kings is always here for you. I appreciate your support as always and can't wait to have you join me next time. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on. On Podcast Network.